Wow, I've been in New York for two weeks now. And the first two days here, uh, before I completed my first three days, I woke up at 4 a.m. to a leak into my bedroom. Um, Let's rewind a year before now when I was kind of telling my friends and acquaintances that I was moving to New York. They were, I would say, about like 90% of people or even just people in passing. About 90% of people were like not reacting the way I wanted, um, which is fine. I don't need anyone's validation, but it's kind of hard when... Uh, you're like, oh, I'm so excited, I'm moving here. And they're like, oh, you want to live there? And someone at one point, too, was talking about rent to me. And they're like, oh, you're going to pay that much money to like for an apartment or even just for a room? You could pay that much money for a house in Cleveland, paying mortgage every month. Like, babe, who wants to live in Cleveland? Not me. No offense to anyone who lives in Cleveland. If you live in Cleveland, that's totally fine. I, That's great. Amazing for you. I don't want to live in Cleveland. So now we return to the present where I wake up at 4 a.m. with a leak in my bedroom. And um, uh, the, the last thing I want to do is tell anyone. This is the time when I need support. And the last thing I want to do is tell anyone. Why? Because I was ashamed and embarrassed and felt like an idiot. Talking to my friends who've lived in, lived in New York for years, they're like, oh, that's totally normal. Which is why it's so important to surround yourself with people who see life similarly as you do. Because they're not going to make you feel shame or embarrassment for things that may be normal in the kind of life that you're pursuing Uh, I was talking to one of my friends who lives in Chicago and um, was expressing this sentiment to him about, you know, just how people have reacted negatively about me going to New York and pursuing my career there. And he said, well, yeah, that's because most people here have given up on their dreams. Like, I only know people who have given up on their dreams because if someone were to tell me, hey, I'm going to move to New York and focus on my writing and acting career, my response, my immediate response in my head is, well, that's not practical, or that's not, um, that's not, like, a realistic thing to do, um, and he said, obviously, he doesn't think this way anymore, but growing up, he did, and he realized it's because he's only ever known people who have given up on their dreams, so I kind of think about that a lot when I reflect on the people who weren't very positive, um, like, I even asked for their fucking opinion, um, who weren't very positive toward me or my move to New York. It also made me realize that maybe I've grown out of some relationships or I'm not supposed to be friends with those types of people. Because honestly, if someone were to tell me, hey, I'm moving to Siberia, even though I'm anemic, I'd, I, I, I would be worried for them. But I, I would be like, you know what? You do you. You do what makes you happy. That's okay. You know? I wouldn't be like... Why do you want to live in Siberia? You're anemic. And you don't own a North Face jacket. Can you buy one? They're $400. Just don't listen to people who don't have your best interests at hand. And you'll know the difference. Because there'll be a part of you that'll know they're wrong. And if you're more of a people pleaser or if you don't fully trust yourself yet, you might, you might want to listen to them. But don't listen to that part of you because the best version of you trusts themselves and 
knows what's good for them and knows what isn't and knows that difference better than anyone else, even your therapist or your mom. Sometimes. Sometimes you know better than your parents. Sometimes. I saw this random TikTok of this young man. He's probably like 19 years old who said one of the best ways to build confidence is to make a promise to yourself and then keep it. And I realized the times when I had the least amount of confidence in myself, I would be making promises like, oh, I'm not going to download a dating app and (laughs) seek validation from men who are clearly not good enough for me. Oh, I'm not going to drink too much. Oh, I am going to not force myself to do X amount of work just because I think that equates to my value as a human being, even though I should probably be getting rest instead. And then I would do those things anyway. I would always do it and then try to make some excuse up to myself. Like, also, if you can hear me moving around, it's because I'm laying down in bed. My sound equipment is still in Aiken, South Carolina. Yeah, those were the, I mean, the times when I couldn't make, keep promises to myself. I would make excuses like, oh, it's okay, you know what you're doing, and oh, it's okay, like, you're, you're, one of my favorite excuses of all time was like, oh my gosh, you're in your 20s, like, this is the time to be doing it. And now that I think about it, it's like, doing what? Making myself miserable? Making, like, mistakes that I could have prevented when I, if I had just listened to my intuition and not done the thing at all? those that's that's the big thing about the 20s no no what if your 20s was about trying things out trying things out that you think will be good for you trying things out like failing at friendships and succeeding at friendships and failing at romantic relationships or succeeding in romantic relationships pivoting careers or trying a new hobby or moving to a new city why why is it things that are bad for us are equated with our 20s? You know, like alcohol and drugs and shit. Not saying if you do drugs you're, or drink, you're like hurting yourself. But obviously overindulgence is excused when you're young. It is. It just is. And I've kind of come to a point where I'm like done overindulging. I'm just done. I can never find a good excuse. I say this even though I had like four drinks at a Halloween house party just last week and then came home at 2 eight. But then I came home and I came home at the time that I needed. And I remember at the party, I was looking around and I was like, hmm, it's time for me to go. I'm not supposed to be here anymore. I And, and like normally in, in the earlier times, I would have just stayed because I couldn't move or I felt frozen or... But this time I was like, no, I'm an independent woman. I'm going to get an Uber and I'm going to go the fuck home. And if I couldn't have afforded an Uber that night, I, st- I would have taken the train. Because guess what? It was only 1.30 in the morning. I, 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 I love influencers. I love studying influencers. I correct myself. I don't actually like influencers. I love New York City influencers specifically because when they move here, they do like the weirdest things like they they're like obsessed with bagels and soho and going to clubs and going to the cafes that timothy chalamet goes to like all these very hyper specific things 
and um, and they post about it on social media. And all of us peasants, us normal people, like absorb that content. And for people who haven't been to New York City or for people who um, like get all their information about other cities through like other people or people online, they look at that and like subconsciously that's their image of like what goes on in New York. And so thank God I'm self-aware because when I compare my life here to theirs, it's like, no, I could be, I could be doing all of those things, but I'm not. Instead, I'm doing the things that I want to do. And when I reflect on myself from a couple of years ago, I think what I would have done is try to have lived that life, um, spent money that I didn't have, et cetera, et cetera, because I felt like I had to meet this expectation of what living in New York City was like. And if I wasn't doing that, that means I wasn't doing it correctly. But here's the thing. There is no um, correct way to live in New York City or in any major city like Chicago. You could live in Chicago your whole life um, and not go to a Cubs game. Is I mean, you should go to at least one Cubs game just to go to a Cubs game. But I'm saying you don't need to go to every single one just to be considered a Chicagoan. You don't have to eat hot dogs to be considered a Chicagoan. Um, I don't know about Los Angeles. I will not. You don't have to get lip fillers to live in Los Angeles. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, actually, maybe you do. <laughs> um, just like living in New York, you know, like you don't have to do certain things for your life here to be valid. Um, like I literally told one of my friends the other day, like she was like, oh, when are we hanging out? And I was like, oh, whenever you want, like we could just drink a glass of wine and cook a meal together. And she's like, hell yeah, low cost, high fun. But it kind of gave me the feeling of, like, she didn't expect that from me because I just moved here. She expected me. I'm going to ask her when I see her. Preeth, if you're listening to this in advance, just save your response for Wednesday. If I post this after, then we hang out then. Haha. Wasn't that funny how I picked up on that? Because I did. I think I think there's this expectation because I just moved here um, that I'm going to want to do all the things and all that. But that I mean, that's the point of me living here. I have all the time in the world to do those things. I don't need to like jam every single thing into my first couple of weeks here. Instead, I want to focus on like, and this is what my advice is to anyone who moves to a city. Your first couple of like weeks or even months living there shouldn't be about like being like doing everything to like know the city or um know the place or um get familiar even with tourist attractions like you you should one focus on settling in obviously feeling comfortable in your space and making it feel like home but two you should think about what you want your life to look like while you're there and just start doing that Like I wrote down a list of my priorities for my career and then I wrote down a list of my priorities priorities for my my life. Top four for each. Honestly, number one on the list for life was fucking taking care of myself, sleeping and cooking and eating. You know, if if I have to reject plans because I plan to cook an elaborate meal that night, then that's then so be it. Obviously, you can't think about the hypothetical too much, but if I had come here in my first three weeks spent going to all the clubs and all the bars and, like, going on dating apps and going on dates with as many people as possible, like, done all these things that are, like, very exciting and, like, 
um, used my excitement here to do those things, like channel the energy towards those things, I think I would have at some point gotten burnt out and then depressed and then not know. It would have been hard to like bounce back um, versus coming here and kind of like grounding myself and figuring out, okay, what what do I want? Even I, I rather just like think about it in weeks and not days, but like what does each week look like for me? Like what are the things I'm doing for myself that I want to do forever? Um, like cooking and eating and, and meditating and exercising um, and seeing like one or two friends a week. Someone I've been getting really into recently is Emma Chamberlain. Um, see, when she first became famous, she was young. She was very young. She's, I think, four years younger than me. And I did not, I wasn't like a fan. Like, I did not watch her videos. But recently, I've been watching her videos. And obviously, she's a wealthy person as a result of her YouTubing, which is as a result of her being like a thin white woman with a quirky personality. I do love her personality. Not, that's not a dig, but that is why she's famous. Um, because, and, and you know, that's not her fault. That's society's fault. That's on us. We pick who becomes famous. We really do, especially with social media. Like, we choose to give people attention. Um, so you can't really hate on people for, for becoming famous on social media. She's, I, she, from her vlogs, that, that woman spends a lot of time alone. She is alone a lot. And it's kind of almost, like, inspires me to, like, appreciate being alive, um, especially on the days where it's hard to be alive. Um, and like, just appreciate the small things that I get to do. Um, cause I have my basic needs met, like food, shelter, water, clothing, um, makes me excited to be alive. And that kind of goes back to me figuring out what I can do while living here and while building my life here, what I see myself doing on a weekly slash day to, or day to day basis that will make me content. And um, that will make me really marinate in, in gratitude. Because I think, honestly, happiness is just a feeling. I think I've said this so many times on here, but on this podcast, but happiness is just a feeling. You can never just have one feeling all the time, static. You have different emotions every single day, but what the, the constant mindset should be is just contentment. And I think you build contentment with spikes of happiness via mindfulness and gratitude and um, a support system. And obviously, that's only possible if your basic needs are met. So shout out to basic needs being met. So now it's 5.01 and I'm kind of hungry. So I'm going to... What am I going to do? Well... I've been laying in bed um, for a very long time now, so I'm going to get up, and, and then I'm going to make pasta, and then maybe I'll take myself to the movie theater, masked on, masked up, mask on, and if I don't do that, that's okay too, I'll just continue to lay in bed after my meal and watch things that, that make me appreciate the fact that I'm alive and I get to, get to watch things that other people created. That's it for this episode. Bye.